In our last episode, we talked about the steps that you need to take when you are being audited. But wouldn't you like to avoid an audit altogether? Here's this episode of Tax Problem Solve, where we talk about a list of IRS audit triggers to watch out for. I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. So getting any type of communications from the IRS is going to make someone pay attention, even more so if they get a notice that says audit on the top of it, right? Now, even the most equipped, the most knowledgeable of tax preparation professionals, they may be ill-equipped to handle any IRS notices, especially audit notices. So that's where a licensed, experienced tax professional is going to come in and they are going to help represent you before the Internal Revenue Service when you receive those audit letters. Now, when you are getting your taxes filed and you do all the right things, that still does not mean that you will not end up facing an audit, but here are some things for certain that you can do to minimize your likelihood of receiving that audit notice. So the first audit trigger, make sure your math is mathing. Now, mathing is really not a word. I just heard another tax professional say that and I thought it was the funniest thing, but make sure you're adding and you're subtracting and multiplying correctly. If you intended to report $350 in charitable contributions, make sure you didn't slide an extra zero in so that you are reporting that you contributed $3,500. That math mistake can cause an audit trigger. Another thing, a nitpick that isn't worth it. If you get a small bill in the mail from the IRS, And even though it goes against all of your heart and soul to fight the IRS on a $20 bill, and trust me, I know, because my goal, my mission is to keep the IRS out of your pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts, but sometimes it's just not worth the trouble. If you get a small tax bill from the IRS, tell the Lord thank you and keep it moving. Pay those people and move on. Now, so here's something else. Sabotaging of prior year amending. When you amend tax returns, those returns are reviewed much more regularly than initial returns. They are scrutinized much more than regular returns. So if you forgot a deduction, or otherwise think you can get a little bit more back by amending your return, think twice. If it's something significant and only you can define significant for you, but if it will bring you a significant amount of more money or less of a tax liability, consult with the tax professional and by all means, go ahead and amend your return. If not, then leave it alone. 
just let it be because it may not be worth it and you may get an audit unnecessarily. Another thing, stop over-reporting or don't over-report. So people think that under-reporting income or withholding necessary information are the only things the IRS looks for. No, submitting too much supporting information can be a problem as well, especially with those complex returns. You'll obviously need to add explanations or disclosures in the footnotes, but make sure and keep those disclosures short and sweet. Keep them truthful, keep them precise, and keep it moving. You do not need to provide sales agreements, settlement statements, bank statements, credit card statements, unless the IRS is asking you to do so. And keep in mind, there are specific disclosure forms, depending on whether it's just a regular disclosure statement or a regulation disclosure statement. If that is something that you need, make sure and get professional help before you start giving the IRS too much information or over-reporting. Another thing is the 1099 or the 1098 forms. So if you have 1099 forms and they're going to come in many different varieties. You'll have a 1099 INT for interest, 1099 NEC for non-employee compensation, 1099 MISC for miscellaneous income, 1099 R, all these forms, okay? All of these 1099 forms. These forms are sent to you for a reason. If you receive those 1099s, you need to report them to the IRS and report them properly. No matter how many 1099s you receive, you make sure that they are all accounted for on your tax return. Now, to my real estate investors, to my corporations, those that get the 1099s in the business's name, in the names of the LLCs, in the names of the federal ID number of your companies, do not report those 1099s directly on your personal tax return. You are going to report them appropriately on whatever your business tax return is. Now, the end result may end up on your personal tax return, but that would fall in line with over-reporting. Don't over-report, but definitely report all of the 1099 or 1098 forms that you receive to the IRS that is in your social security number, okay? If not, you are going to trigger or you could trigger an audit. And lastly, don't start putting things on your tax returns that you cannot defend. Okay. Home office deductions. If you don't use your home, your office or a room in your house for a home office, don't bother with it. Any passive losses, any large business expenses, especially 
the Schedule C filers do not do it. The truth is you really can't determine what will catch the IRS's attention. So you never know if you put something on your tax return, if you're trying to claim something on your tax return, that's not true. It could trigger an audit. Now you can adopt to be reasonable hint, hint, um, in quotes. So it makes sense not to claim any home office or other deductions if you cannot reasonably defend it. Okay. So if you have a business or if you're calling it a business, but that business is more of a hobby, then you treat it that way. Do not bother to try to write off things. Don't try to have a business or say you're in business for the sake of someone told you out in these social media streets to get a business so you can write off everything. Don't do it to yourself because I promise you they will not be assisting you in your audit. Okay. Now here's the thing. Don't be scared to take any deductions and losses to which you are entitled, but also don't take tax positions that you aren't comfortable with defending and do not allow any tax professional to put anything on your tax return that you are not comfortable defending. Okay. If you take a reasonable position, that's something different. You likely won't end up needing to defend your position. And if you do face an audit, so what? No big deal. If it's reasonable, it will probably be far easier than something that you know good and well that should not have ended up on your tax return. Remember, reasonable expenses, ordinary and necessary when it comes to deducting those small business expenses. So guys, that's all I have for you today. Remember, there is no 100% guarantee that you won't ever be audited, even if you're careful to avoid some of the things that I mentioned in this podcast. Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw, but getting ahead of the auditing game is how you're going to be equipped if the IRS decides to look into your tax affairs. And these are the things that we can help with in the future should you find yourself in that situation. Because no matter what, we're going to be here for you and we'll go to bat for you on all of your tax issues. I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets and bank accounts of taxpayers. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Tax Problem Solved. Till next time. Bye, y'all.